Welcome to Kaiju Carnival, where we explore the worlds of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm Jenny. And I'm Justin. And if you guys have never listened to us before, me and Jenny, we're just two dorks that love watching movies. So every week we pick a movie, we watch it, and we talk about it. So hopefully you'll join us, but be warned. There's spoilers ahead. And we love movies so much that we make short films. Check us out on our YouTube channel, Kaiju Carnival. This week we watched the 2022 thriller, See For Me. To me, losing your sight might be the worst sense to lose. If you had to lose one of your senses, which one would it be? Ooh, I think hearing and seeing is like the top senses that I would not want to lose. Yep. Um, I think you can manage like with losing your hearing uh, better than the sight. So yeah, I think sight, it really kind of puts you in your own little world when you can't see, I think. Yeah. To me, I would definitely lose my sense of taste because if I lose my seeing or hearing, I really need those. Mm -hmm. But if I lose my sense of smell, I also lose my sense of taste, mm-hmm. so I might as well just lose my sense of taste. And there's touch. I don't want to lose touch either. Yeah, I think touch might be one of the most important senses. Yeah, because like there, there's some people that don't have that um, ability to feel touch. Yeah. So like they don't know when they're injured and stuff, so they have to constantly like check themselves. Right. I don't know if that's true. I saw it on an episode of House, I think. So <laughs> I think there is something like that. No, I I think it's a real thing. But in this, you know, in the episode of House, the girl had to take her temperature all the time to make sure she wasn't sick or something like that. Like you could be like a superhero because you don't really feel pain. Yeah, where you could die because you break your leg and don't realize it's broken. <laughs> all right. Well, that was kind of a weird tangent we just went on. I think that this film is actually a pretty unique concept. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of other films where you have someone that has some sort of impairment. And uh, there's this movie, I think it's called Hush, which is also kind of a thriller, a home invasion style movie, but she can't hear in in that movie. Oh, is that with the Alicia Silverstone? No, it's, uh, I don't remember the actor's okay, name. It's an older film, right? No, it's within the past 10 years. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. I think I've seen it advertised on uh, streaming services i I don't but i've never seen it before what did you think of the concept behind this one okay so right off the bat i really thought this was going to be a good movie because the character had such a bad attitude and you know and for good reason um you know she she did lose her sight right Mm -hmm. okay so that already she was supposed to be this great skier and she had a lot of potential and then she like lost her sight that already is kind of like that changes your whole world and um but she was going about it in like such a an awful way you know to her parents and then to like she didn't really want help but there was certain points where she needed to call upon you know a helper a helping hand to be able to do the tasks that she was um you know like getting locked out of the house and just getting around you know it was impossible to navigate without someone else's help so i really thought like you know, it's this girl, she's got so many challenges and and then she's a little bit of a thief. Yeah, I was really surprised yeah. by that. Because <laughs> because she's like capitalizing on no one's going to suspect the blind girl, which is what she said. Yep. Which is kind of true. But I really liked how at the end of this film, it wasn't like she was, you know, 
it wasn't that she just was like, oh, I'm going to give up my, you know, my bad, my bad deeds. You know what I mean? Like she still took the money. She kind of took advantage of the situation. I mean, I would have taken the money too, though. I know, but I mean, I kind of like that. Like this character stayed true the whole way. Yeah, her attitude changed and she got a little bit uh, more of a purpose in life. I didn't take her as having a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. I took her as people were trying to kind of treat her like a child almost. And she, she like did not want any of that, you know, because everyone, because the thing about it, like losing your ability to see would be very challenging, but I could definitely see like when people have an impairment, how it gets old when every single person you meet thinks that they need to help you with stuff, you know, like I could definitely, you know, see her mentality of like, I can do it by myself. When these guys break into the house, at first I thought these guys are really bad, like burglars, because they didn't check the house at all. Like as soon as they go in, you would think like they would go in and like one guy would start working on the safe while like the other guy checks to make sure no one's there. They had planned for no one to be there. Yeah. But I would think you still would want to check because, you know, plan for, you know, worst case scenario type of thing. Um, so I was a little surprised that they didn't check right away. Uh-huh. But but then like later on, I'm like, oh, no, like two of these guys are actually really, really smart. Like one guy is kind of psychotic and he causes a lot of problems for these guys. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think when the when the whole thing went down, when she was kind of like, hey, give me a be, give me a piece of it. Yeah. I'll get rid of the cops. I mean, come on. You all everyone knows that when you call 911, the cops still going to come and see, you know, they're not going to be like, it's OK. You're good? Oh, okay, good. We'll just turn around and, like, not bother you then. You know what, though? I think that they would have actually given her the part of the money and let her go. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, I don't even... Because think about that, right? The one guy tries to turn himself in. Yeah. Because he's like, dude, I would have done six months and I would have been out for yeah. a and e right? And their whole thing was, like... We can't kill this girl or because then there's going to be a missing blind girl. That's going to draw so much attention. That's true. You know, so I think that they would have actually given her five percent and let her let her go if she would have been able to pull it off convincing the cop. It's kind of, well, you know, something I just thought about is this another thing where because she's she can't see like they know that they would they would never be able to identify except for through their voices. Do they feel like safer to commit a crime with her because she's visually impaired? I think originally, right? Mm-hmm. Um they were like, "Cool, let's not kill her because nobody wants to deal with a murder rap, right?" Yeah. Um So, yes, I think that they probably would have left her alive and just packed up their stuff and left. But then when she was like, I can help you, I can get rid of the cops. Yeah. I think then they were like, all right, well, we'll cut you in. (laughs) It was kind of cool, though, how like she was she kind of joined their side for a bit. Yeah. And then when it wasn't when it wasn't happening and she knew like she was like, oh, shit, like I'm. I, I can't get the I can't shake this cop. And then she kind of went to the cop side and then and then she went back to the bad guy side. She kind of went back and forth through this movie. Yeah, dude, it was so <laughs> stressful when that cop was talking to her, though, because like the cop was leaving the cell phone rings. Yeah. Oh, I'll get your phone for you. Right. It's like, oh, my God, just get out of the house, lady. Right. And then she's on her way back out again. And the radio comes on like we got a call from a station in Florida, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's when everything turned, you know, bad. This gets really intense after they kill that cop, though. 
you know, mm -hmm. because then Sophie gets the gun, runs off, right? So now you have two of them looking for her while the safe cracker's trying to get in the safe. The cops are still on their way. This place is out in the middle of nowhere. I think it's upstate New York or something like that. Mm -hmm. So who knows what the response time is up there. I think they said, is it 19 minutes or something? Yeah, I think it was a little bit longer than that, but it's, it's yeah. a pretty good chunk of time. I thought it was really cool how they used her using the phone with the app to guide her around this house. So what I thought was kind of interesting about the Kelly's character was that when we first meet her, she's into first-person shooter games. So her squad, or I don't know why, her, her team let her down, and she's like kind of getting offline, taking a break or whatever, and then she gets the phone call from the app because she is one of the workers. Fast forward to like helping Sophie out, she ends up kind of being in the same scenario with the first person shooter game where she's guiding Sophie to like shoot the bad guys. Yeah, it was intense, dude. <laughs> yeah, like the ha the last half an hour of this of this story was fantastic because it was action packed. Yeah. And you had um I think the frustrating thing you could hear in Kelly's voice was like when she wasn't when she didn't shoot, you know, like she was telling, telling yeah. her, shoot, shoot right now. Yeah. You know, and you're like, she's not like she's, she has a controller. And for some reason, Sophie, she can't see, but yet she's, she's delaying and well, she doesn't know. She, she's like hesitant. I think it's because she doesn't want to kill somebody. Yes. But her life is in danger. It is in danger, but she can't see that he has a knife first off yes. and he is trying to be like, Hey, we can work this out. Right. Don't shoot me. Right. You know, so he's essentially pleading for his life. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the safe cracker does later on. Yes. Um, so I could see why someone would hesitate in that situation, but yeah, Kelly is badass. Yeah, she, she is. She's very good at guiding her like just around the house in general. And I also liked how she got, kind of sassy early on in the movie mm -hmm. and kelly was like look the last l last time i did this i told a guy the expiration date on milk yeah. like i'm not <laughs> trying to help some girl break into a house somewhere <laughs> right. you know so she kind of threw it back at her i think sophie really liked that about her yeah so i think that's why she saved her as uh the a person in her contacts for the see for me app you know yeah so after she kills the first two dudes right which was pretty intense um i was surprised that the smart guy was the first one to go Mm -hmm. And then the psychotic guy was the second one to go. I was really worried about that psychotic guy because I was like, this is going to be a big problem for her. Yeah. You know? And then she, she's down that fucking hallway and drops the call, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty intense. Yeah, because like at that point, she's just basically, she's, everything is like her, she has to hear the guy. She's just letting her rip, dude. Yeah. <laughs> she's just firing away. <laughs> it did make me really nervous though. She was running around with her finger on the trigger and she was like falling over shit. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> she had a lot of bullets in that gun, though. It. I did not count them, but I was like, is this a Hollywood magazine? Is this what we're going with here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many how many bullets were in that gun. So after she kills those first two deeds, I'm kind of surprised that she went upstairs to go after the guy that was cracking the safe, you know. Mm -hmm. But I also kind of understand it because I think she felt really guilty about the cop. <laughs> Uh, getting killed, mm -hmm. you know, she seems to like 
be you know because she she tells kelly you know like hey i agreed to help him yeah and that's why this cop is dead because of me you know it's kind of true yeah like it's kind of her fault that that cop died obviously she didn't intend for that to happen but you know un, un, unintended consequences there so right. yeah i think that's probably why she, she went upstairs because she could stay downstairs and waited for the cops to come yeah but did she go up there to intention with the intention to kill mm, with the intention to stop him from leaving because she didn't shoot him in the back, right? That's true. And she could have. But she could have because she's like, she, well, first of all, she can't see where she's shooting. So even if she shot him in the back, does that even hold up in court? <laughs> well, I don't think it's a court thing. I think it's a she didn't want to kill him unless she had to. Yeah. Yeah. That whole time was very uh, stressful for me when I watched that part yeah. because the guy, you can tell the guy just didn't want any trouble. Yeah, he right. just he really just wanted to get the money and get the yeah, fuck out of there. Exactly. And he 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 kept pushing it though, and she well, kept stop, kept telling him to stop. I don't think he would have even went for the taser if she had just like dropped the gun. I think he would have just took the money and left. Ah, oh, it's so it's it's hard though because it's like she can't trust anybody. No, absolutely you not. Know? Like you can't you can't trust these people at all. You right. Know? Um, but. Just from the way he was acting and being like a spectator, I was just like, dude, this guy was not planning on any of this shit to happen. He's probably just like a locksmith. He's probably not even like a, a real criminal, <laughs> you know? He's hit hard times and he needs some quick cash. Uh, I don't even know if it's hard times. If someone's <laughs> like, hey, there's seven mil in a safe that nobody knows about, like, that seems like a pretty easy thing to convince somebody about, you know? Because yeah. if, if two dudes come to you and they're like, hey, there's this house, no one's there, there's seven mil in the safe, nobody knows about it, you want to make, you know, half a million, a, mil a million bucks? Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure most people would say, yeah. I need to, I need to switch my job. I know, right? <laughs> Crack some saves. So she ends up killing that dude because he goes for the taser. And then I was really surprised somebody else showed up. I was like, oh, it's over now. And then, like, the big boss man shows up at the end. Yep. And I kind of figured it was her husband from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I was just like, it, it would just make sense, you know. He is a great villain. Uh, the only thing I know him from is that TV show, Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Uh, but he was great in that show. Uh, really good bad guy. I was really surprised. And I think even then, he wasn't going to kill her until... You know, she kept, she like wouldn't come out. I don't, I don't know. That one was a little bit more iffy. I could see him like, that'd be tough to explain though. You could explain the three dead criminals, but how are you going to explain, you know, the dead blind girl? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, I, I thought that was uh, surprising. And then when she shot him, I thought he was dead. And, and of course he wasn't. He came back and she ended up beating him to death. So, which is what people should do in horror movies but they never do right <laughs> they always hit the killer once and then just like let it go yeah but she was like beating him like she was desecrating him with the like a, a broken wine bottle yeah she she had the wine bottle she hit him with it and then bashed him she with was, like, it and stabbing then i think him. she stabbed him once the bottle broke so, yeah. yeah like it was it i can't imagine what this guy he looked like probably like the slap the slap chop you know that gadget Come on. Yeah. Like, no, I, I can just about. imagine yeah. him being stabbed so many times. It's a, like... a very obscure infomercial yeah. uh, reference there for, for our fans out there. What do you think of the actors in this movie? I felt like you could tell what kind of personalities each character had. Um, so I, I think that everybody did a really good job of kind of portraying, like, you know, the, the locksmith, how he was. You already knew what kind of guy he was, you know. He wasn't really trouble. He just wanted to get out, get the money and go. You know, like, everybody... 
had their own really strong personality. And I thought that was kind of cool. Big standouts to me in this movie were the actor that played Sophie, which is Skylar Davenport, who actually is visually impaired. Oh, I did not know that. I really liked her character because from the very beginning, you know, you you can tell that she had this thing happen to her. She was like on her way to the Olympics yeah. to be a skier, you know, so she's already dedicated her life to something that most people never even attempt of being that high level of an athlete. And it mm-hmm. was like taken away from her, you know. Mm-hmm. So I really liked her, her attitude didn't bother me because I think I kind of empathize with her and i was like oh i can understand why you are irritable with people that keep trying to help you because you don't want them to Mm -hmm. Uh, you just want to do it yourself and you're capable of doing it yourself right the other one for me was kelly i really liked kelly also we didn't know much about her story but you could tell like she had been through something herself, mm-hmm. you know, and they kind of get into it where she talks about being in the army and now she's sitting behind a desk and that something had happened, but they never go into detail about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So both of these people kind of, to me, had this almost like redemption quality to themselves. Right. Like Sophie was still trying to live her life. She wasn't doing something that most people would approve of by like stealing, but it was how she was dealing with her situation. Right. And she, she really shows that redemption in the end. I think when she goes upstairs and confronts the last robber that's cracking the safe, mm-hmm. you know, cause she could have stayed downstairs, but she felt like she had to do something. Um, and then with Kelly, I feel like she also had that kind of redemption angle to her. I just got that sense from her character. Because it, it takes a special person to want to, I think, help people in this way, you mm-hmm. know, by volunteering to to work for, you know, an app like this. And she, she was like a younger person too. So I think the, the first person that, that she talked to was that like kind of, you could tell she was an older woman on the phone. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you poor thing. Let me help you, you know. And she's like, nope. Not not dealing with this, you know. So Kelly definitely didn't have any sympathy for her. Yeah. And I, I think that's why it worked so well between those two. Yeah. For how they filmed this movie, I really liked in the beginning how they had a lot of close-up shots when Kel- or Sophie was sneaking out of the house because mm-hmm. it made everything seem like it was like a critical thing, right? Because it's like close-up of this, close-up of that, close-up of her sneaking out, close-up of her grabbing the, the uh, door handle and her mom being like, where are you going? You know, and then they had that awkward encounter where her mom's like, is it OnlyFans? Oh. <laughs> that's the first thing that parents think of nowadays. <laughs> I mean, if your kid's bringing home 4500 bucks, what are you supposed to think? And then the other thing I thought was awesome was how they filmed the sneaking around the house scenes, you know, in the middle and towards the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Because, it, I mean, just the way it was all filmed and edited, I was thinking about it as like uh, from a, you know, filmmaker perspective. That must be a nightmare to plan out because everything has to really like it's almost like a putting a puzzle together It is because it has to build that tension and it has to all seem like it's happening you know at the same time well that's the cool thing about this property like it's a magnificent estate you know this house is like i don't know like ten thousand square feet it's giant and then it's all built like architecturally kind of modern a lot of windows so there's a lot of scenes where they they did the out from outside um, shooting a wide shot of like 
maybe like the one part of the screen you see Sophie like walking through with her gosh does she have a cell phone light the whole time I don't know you could see her like walking in the passageway and then and then like another section of the house you'll see the the bad the smart bad guy that you're referring to like trying to look for where the sound is coming from and they're both kind of like almost about to meet but then don't quite yeah um so I think that that's cool that this the the set itself allowed for that kind of um you know, like, oh, one one party's about to meet the other party, but didn't they they didn't, you know, because one stopped and it was like a maze almost. Yeah. Like a mouse maze. For the sound design of this movie. So I thought it was great. I actually wondered if they had amped up the sound sometimes to try to give us the same feeling that Sophie might have. Oh, because Sophie's I mean, this could just be something I'm making up again because you know I love to make shit up about, <laughs> you know, what the filmmakers were thinking. But I, I was wondering that because because as at some points they actually do kind of like slow it down so yeah. you, like you can hear what Sophie's hearing you yeah. know she's like really good at picking up on you know those audio cues now mm-hmm. so I was wondering if there was because it, it seemed like there was a lot of sound in this movie yeah I think that probably you're probably right about that because you kind of want the I'm sure the director wanted the audience to kind of be able to be a part of Sophie's world. Yeah. So that would be the best way of doing it is to kind of um, all these little sounds that she hears and you will hear, it kind of triggers like, you know, like uh, for instance, one thing that I, I remember seeing in the beginning when they kind of, they kind of showed the floor whenever Deborah, the owner of the house, Mm -hmm. when she walked across the floor, she could, she was like, just by the way they filmed it, it looked like, she was honing in on what kind of floor it was in that section of the house, you know, like it was very like a hard floor and it was the way that her shoes tapped on uh, along the floor. She was kind of like studying and learning the house. My favorite scene in this movie was definitely the end where Kelly is guiding Sophie around mm-hmm. and, you know, telling her, you know, like left like split the difference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like getting that gun on target for her. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like really cool. And it was intense, dude. Like I was not expecting this movie to be as intense as it was. Uh-huh. But it was. It, they did a great job. Oh, it was great. Uh, yeah. The last, I don't know, probably like last half an hour was was fantastic in this film. Um, one of my favorite scenes is when the uh, she cuts the power to the house and then it's the red yeah uh, that was great what is that emergency lights yep go on and it's like very unflattering uh but the bad guy uh like the red is shining on him he almost he kind of looks weird anyways he has this very very strong featured face and yeah. with that unflattering light shining on him it kind of looked like the devil to me it, it did make him seem a lot more sinister oh man it did and it was and then the music it was just this like um I, if i remember correctly it was like this kind of a blaring bass and it was like it, it was it was very climactic and i was like oh my gosh like someone's going down it was it was great though how rad was that when she called his phone to to see where he was? Yeah, smart. And then she popped up and shot him. Yeah. <laughs> emptied emptied what was the left of that magic on him. Bullet number 40. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I really liked this movie. I thought it was intense. I thought it was filmed really well. All the actors did a fantastic job. It was definitely, honestly, it was probably in the top five of movies I've seen this year so far. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, this was shown in, if I re- read it correctly, in a Canadian um, festival. So this isn't this isn't like a high budget film, right. but it felt it, it like an incredibly like like well funded film. Um, it was the location was amazing, the actors were great, and I think the story was solid. So I enjoyed watching it. Um, and I think you're right. It is one of the best, better movies this year. Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week on Kaiju Carnival. Make sure you check out our Twitter at Kaiju Carnival to see what we're watching next week. So you can also watch it and join us to see if we all had the same thoughts. And follow us on Instagram, Kaiju underscore Carnival. We'll see you next week. Matane.